The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. There has been plenty of talk over the past few days about a new coronavirus that has originated in China. Six people have died, about 300 people infected. Today, the federal health minister, uh, Patty Haidu, says officials here keeping a, on top of all of the developments. Uh, Canada's chief medical officer of health, meantime, says the three people who had been in a Wuhan province in China were tested for coronavirus here in Canada, but the illness has been ruled out, Dr. Teresa Tam says the World Health Organization is planning a meeting to determine whether an international emergency should be declared. If a public health emergency of international concern is declared, there will be temporary recommendations from the World Health Organization, and we will be looking at those. We expect Canada to align with international health regulations and the temporary recommendations. So as it stands right now, precautionary measures to screen ill passengers who were in the central Chinese region of Wuhan, where the illness is believed to have originated, have been put in place. Joining us uh, this afternoon is Dr. Dick Zotman, the uh, Queen's University Infectious Disease Specialist, Chief of Staff of the Scarborough Health Network and Chair of the SARS Scientific Advisory Committee. Doctor, thanks for joining me. Oh, my pleasure. Nice to talk to you. Now, first off, what can you tell us about this coronavirus? What is it? What are the symptoms? Well, a coronavirus is a type of virus which, if you looked at it under a super powerful electron microscope, you would see that it's round and it has on the surface of it these little knobs that are proteins that make it look like a crown, hence the name corona, which uh. is just crown. So it looks like a crown, and that's... Uh, uh, all the characteristic of all of these viruses. There's about seven kinds of coronavirus or groups of coronavirus that affect humans. Most of the time, just a common cold. But the three strains that we know that cause trouble, SARS and the Middle Eastern uh, respiratory virus known as MERS in the Middle East, particularly Saudi Arabia, and now this new strain uh, from Wuhan uh, actually go on to infect your lungs and they cause a pneumonia which means that your lung tissue gets inflamed and uh, you get in, you can have real serious symptoms from that. So some of the symptoms that we're talking about right now sound like just normal cold symptoms. Yeah, initially the coronavirus starts off with you know, runny nose, sore throat, things we've all had and we just uh, uh, don't pay too much attention to. It's when you start feeling short of breath and that it's hard to breathe, that you have uncontrolled coughing, high fevers, and maybe pain in your chest. Mm. Uh, that's a worrisome uh, set of symptoms. Dr. Zutman, so what do we not know about this coronavirus yet? Well, uh, well, I'll just answer you with what we do know. We do know that the genetic sequence of the virus is about 71% related to the SARS virus, which is not very related, so they're okay. different. So we know that they're different. What we don't know is what does that mean? Mm. We don't know the incubation period formally, although we estimated should be about two weeks. We don't know how infectious it is from one person to another. We know animals in food markets can give it to humans, but the big question is how much spread would there be from person to person? There are, is now evidence of human to human spread. The exact details are still not clear, and that's critical. But the fact that we're seeing new cases three weeks into this means that we clearly are having secondary spread. So there must be some human human spread going on that needs to be quantified. And then 
you know, how far has this gone? Are there other markets mm. in China that are infected? You know, live animal markets are not common in Canada, no. but they are normal occurrence in China and many other parts of the world. So what's going on with other marketplaces in, in in China, are there other places where this is happening, and is there person-to-person spread? So, as you mentioned, Doctor, that Ch- uh, Chinese officials uh, now saying that they suspect uh, that outbreak—they've linked it to a seafood market uh, in uh, in that area. So that would uh, would have originally been in an animal. This, yeah, this they virus? have. They, you know, you know, we we don't in Canada are not accustomed to buying live chickens or yeah. live animals yeah, yeah. to slaughter at home. That's not the way we do business in. in in other parts of the world, it's a normal thing, yep. um, and so that's what we know happened in SARS, and uh, that's what seems to be the, the story here. And uh, you know, that's something that uh, in a country the size of China, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, it, it just can really amplify this problem. So, could it spread among the animals as well in that yes. live market? Yes. Well, it could very well, and, and the other way the animals get it is. Uh, um, from bats. So we know that bats seem to be the reservoir mm. for the SARS uh, virus and for the MERS virus. And so presumably this virus, although that's not proven yet. And uh, so those bats will bite some of these wild animals. These animals are caught, brought to a food market. Ah. And uh, okay. then they get stressed and, and then they can spread it further. Okay. And so the passing from person to person thing, that's one of the things that everyone is watching closely. Looks like it is happening as we're seeing um, this spread out uh, into different areas, even into different countries. I know one of the big concerns this time of year, the new year, there's a lot of traveling and there's concern that this could really impact and distribute uh, this virus even further. Um, That's got to be at the top of your mind as well. Yes, the, the Lunar New Year or the Chinese New Year is coming up on the 25th of January. It's a huge celebration um, and you know, it's a wonderful celebration, mm-hmm. but the, the challenge is uh, with travel. And uh, so the travel industry is going to have to step up. And, you know, with the World Health Organization setting out, you know, tomorrow, whether they believe this is a public health emergency of international concern, we'll be setting out the very stringent guidelines for screening. So if somebody looks sick on the airplane, you know, uh, isn't looking too good or having symptoms, you know, in transit or in the airport or customs or wherever, they need to be screened and and then pulled off and assessed uh, for this. Now, that's a difficult challenge because the volume of travel is, 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 is massive. Do you anticipate, do you foresee cases in Canada? Well, you know, I'd like to be proven wrong, but I would say yes. I mean, I think it's, you know, we've got a case uh, that's yet to be, I think, 100% confirmed in Washington State on the West Coast of the U.S. Uh, You know, it's not, the Canada's very close. So, and, uh, you know, we have lots of uh, Chinese Canadians and people traveling back and forth to China and for business and all kinds of reasons. Um, So I think it, it seems very reasonable to expect that we will see at least people who are what we call persons under investigation. We're trying to sort out if you have it or not, um, but likely to see cases. Just how many 
is not clear just yet. Dr. Dick Zutman joining me this afternoon. Um, now you were frontlined. Uh, you you went through uh, the, the the SARS uh, outbreak in Canada. Um, you, you mentioned that the the makeup of this this coronavirus, um, the genetic the genetic sequences, only about seventy one percent related to SARS. I heard another interview earlier today saying this this coronavirus not uh, behaving the same way as the SARS virus did. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, so far, maybe to our favor. Um, we don't seem to be seeing the level of infectiousness between people because we would, by now, it would have been a little more obvious. We wouldn't be kind of speculating. Um, SARS affected, on average, you know, a, a significant number of people came into contact with it, uh, and it had a 10% mortality. Thus far, the mortality seems to be lower, mm -hmm. and the infectiousness may be lower. Um, we really need for the WHO folks to pull all the data on the table and to really look at it and give us the best estimates um, as to you know what's really going on. Because it, you know it can be for the folks in China, this can be um, you know they have very good public health people doing their best, but this can they're going to be overwhelmed with just information. So they they really need to just take a take the time to look at what they have and review it with the WHO so that everybody in the world has the same understanding. And doctor, given what uh, you went through, what uh, the country went through, that the health system went through in 2002-2003 with SARS, how better prepared uh, is this country now to deal with something like this? Well, yeah, I chaired the SARS Scientific Advisory Committee for the province of Ontario, giving advice how to manage, and we're much better off. Um, you know, we, first of all, information is flowing much more freely and much more rapidly. We have the genetic sequence and the identification of the virus in 10 days. It took quite a bit longer um, before the SARS outbreak. We have, um, you know, early diagnostic tests already set up. Um, so, you know, we, we have uh, in Ontario, we have uh, the, uh, the Public Health Agency of Ontario, uh, uh, which was a direct byproduct of the SARS, where you know very skilled people are are monitoring this and giving excellent advice, and this is probably all they're doing, right? This, and uh, the Public Health Agency of Canada, led by Dr. Teresa Tamoyno, which is an excellent uh, uh, infectious specialist in her own right, will be you know spending all their time looking at getting the latest information to give Canadians what we need. And we have the National Microbiology Lab, mm -hmm. which is a federal lab. Mm -hmm. Winnipeg, which is a world-class facility for you know rapid diagnostics and and uh, testing of, of viruses like this. So, and the ability to transmit information with new regulations at the international community, um, it, you know, really allows us to work better together. So, I think I think we're better off. Not to say all the risks are eliminated, though. If an international emergency is declared, what happens then? Well, you know, it gives the World Health Organization the ability to start, you know, saying you need to start doing some things. Now, countries are independent, but if you're going to be compliant with the international health regulations, you kind of got to then agree that you're going to go along with the World Health Organization, uh -huh. which is, you know, democratically trying to determine, okay, you know, and has international representation to say, okay, we're recommending we all do this, you know, these sorts of interventions. So. Uh, we'll have to see what that looks like after their meeting tomorrow. How worried do you think Canadians need to be at this point? Well, you know, worry uh, it comes naturally to people, but it doesn't accomplish much. I think we need to be smart. We need to, a couple of tips I have is, you know, be aware of your surroundings, be aware of people coughing. Um, you want to be aware of your hands. 
clean your hands. You know, my suggestion is every hour, clean your hands with some alcohol sanitizer, soap and water. After going to the toilet, before you eat food, obvious thing to after you sneeze and cough. Sneeze and cough into your sleeve, uh, you know, not into your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it seems unrelated, but get a flu shot. Influenza is raging across Canada as we speak with significant uh, problems it's causing for the very young children and the elderly. And so get your flu shot because it's excellent protection. We don't have a vaccine for this coronavirus yet. Maybe someday we will, but uh, you know what we do have, we should use. So get a flu shot. And when we still don't have a vaccine for the SARS virus, right? No, no, that would be something that uh, you know would be great uh, mm. for the virus like this. But and I'm sure there's people working on it. Uh, before I let you go, um, you mentioned about uh, young young kids, the elderly, when it comes to the flu. Would this virus um, have bigger impact on on those people as well? If you're a if you're a healthy, you know, you fit whatever I don't know, forty something. I mean, is it going to is it going to kill you compared to you know uh, someone that has a compromised system? Well, we know that from the SARS uh, virus. Um, the mortality was overall 10%, but it was uh, very specific to age. Interestingly enough, it didn't really affect children, mm. which is great. But it really, the older you are by decade, your mortality increased. So if you were 40 years old and you got pneumonia and got full-blown size, you had a 40% mortality, wow. which is significant. But if you were 70, the mortality went closer to, you know, into, into the 70% wow. range. So it was very much age-related. Um, and uh, so we don't know enough yet about these six deaths so far, um, but uh, you know they are they are uh, they have been on the older side. And doctor, I really want to thank you for joining us this afternoon and and giving us this information in a way that we can understand it. Really appreciate your time. Oh, my uh, my great pleasure to do so. Uh, Take care of yourself. Thank you so much. Bye bye now. Thank you. Bye bye.